emergency destruct system is now activated. The ship will detonate in T minus ten seconds. Hello, this is Ryan. And Nathan. Welcome to our escape pod. We're back. We never left. We're still here. Still at it. And, um, well, I'm real excited. I love when a plan comes together, as the man says. <laughs> what, what, what was the plan? Uh, you know, um, what's his name from A-Team? He's always got a plan. Oh, uh, fate? No. Nah. The guy with the cigar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't believe I can't think of his name. <laughs> huh. The computer will know. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? So should, should we address the fact that we're actually doing a podcast and that we actually launched it, or should we just... Well, that's that's so far in the past from when, uh, from when anyone was hearing this <laughs> at this point. That was, that was almost six months, uh, four months ago. We'll scratch that. Yeah. Here's to us. One year of working on this project. We'd like to thank all our droves and droves of listeners. Unless there's there's still only one. The last one. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> what are we here to talk about today? We're here to talk about The Last Starfighter. It's a movie from 1984. Sci-fi adventure. It's under two hours. I had a stepbrother who lived with me for maybe two years. When I was did in, he hide, did he hide Playboys under his under your bunks? No, but like the guys in the truck remind me of him. He was a bull rider. He had a white Ford pickup truck. He was in high school, and I was in fifth grade. Yeah, I have a real connection. I, I have a fondness for this movie. I forget. I keep forgetting that you grew up outside of Denver, or yeah. in Denver. Yeah, no, so, up in the mountains. Bull riding. It's 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 funny because it's just just such a Western thing, you know. And I'm an East Coaster, so. Yeah, he our our high school had a bull, uh, had a rodeo team. He was oh, on the oh shit, yeah. Well, he was obviously older. Yeah, he was in high school. Yeah, he was. So he was is he? Older. He was your Alex. Yeah, for sure. So you had the Playboys hidden under your I did bunk bed yeah. mattress. Nice. Mm-hmm. Were they just the ones you found in the woods, or were they like your dad's or something? Oh, definitely my dad's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who wasn't going to confront anyone about where his Playboys went? You know, the, he just had them on the bookshelf. Oh. He, um, he, he actually wrote for Playboy a couple times. And no shit. Yeah, he knew Shel Silverstein. What? He, tell, he used to tell me stories about him and Shel Silverstein hanging out at the Playboy Mansion together. <laughs> well, that's amazing. We can do a whole podcast about that. Imagine being a young child riveted by your father's stories of, <laughs> of Shel Silverstein yeah. at the Playboy Mansion. If you if you become a, a donator to uh, the Escape Pod, then you'll get our special addendum episodes where we talk about Nathan's father's life and yeah. his fun times at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> hanging out with literary nerds. I'm it, sure that there was more hanging out than just that. I was... 
trying to figure out how old the younger brother was in this. And it seems like he had to at least be like 12, right? We could do some math. He was born in 73. Oh, the actual actor. Yeah. Oh, so he was like, yeah, 11 or 11 or 12. Yeah. I was just trying to decide for real, like, because I remember very vividly this movie, like you do. It's probably been, it's been a long, 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 long time since I've seen it. But certain things stuck out, the things that made me uncomfortable for the age that I was. Uh, when a certain character says, oh, and she stuck her tongue in my ear. Yeah. And I'm being so grossed out by that. Yeah. At the age I was just like, oh, God, what? What is this all about? So it's definitely yeah. pre-getting any of that. Yeah, this was definitely an early, like, it's so G. Oh, yeah. It's rated PG, but it just, it's so innocent. But I do remember... Wow, they're all like in a truck going to a lake and the big kids lying around with each other and groping Making each out other. And it was an early insight into that. <laughs> it totally was. It made me very uncomfortable, as I recall. Yeah. Rewatching it, it was full of so many moments that I really remembered. Like little one liners and just little mm-hmm. moments where I was just like, Yep. I think we were the I think we were the target age and target audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. For this movie. Uh, should we should we get into it? Yeah. Watch out, old girls, you know we got to. Watch out, girls, you know we got to. Watch out, here comes that playboys and playboys. Watch out, here comes that playboys and playboys. Watch out, here comes that playboys. Playboys. Last Starfighter, 1984, directed by... Nick Castle, who has done a few other things. He was, he did play Michael Myers in Halloween. And he, he worked with John Carpenter on something else as well. Hmm. But that was his first kind of claim to fame was walking around stabbing people in that William Shatner mask. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I did hear that um, as of a couple of years ago, somebody was saying that they were working on a second Last Starfighter movie. Oh, yeah. That that stuff seems to come up all the time with all sorts of... Sure, well... Products. Yeah, now that our age group is like all mostly, you know, they're middle-aged now, so they're ascendant. Immobile? Yeah, like ascendant, (laughs) culturally ascendant as far as like the trickle-down effect. There's all this, oh, we want to make another this or reboot this or redo this because I loved it as a kid, you know, and so, of course, younger generations are like, God, fuck. We want to see our own stuff, but this is the way it goes. So this movie starts off with some fanfare music. Oh yeah, yeah, it's very um, John Williamsy. It's got Star Wars and Indiana Jones written all over it. Mm-hmm. We're in outer space. Mm-hmm. And so they're yeah they're basically establishing that there's another planet out there, and then. Yeah, I was confused by that. I was like, is this Earth? Because it looks really purple. <laughs> no. But it, it was not. We zoom out of there and straight to this trailer park, huh? Yeah. Well, we go through some sort of space tunnel and then, oh, then yeah. we come out to the solar system and there's like Pluto, Saturn, and the moon looked really bad. A lot of CGI doesn't hold up so great. I mean, they could have just painted it, but it didn't look anything like the moon. And it's not like in the 80s, we didn't know what the moon looked like. Uh, no, we certainly should have known what the moon looked like. That went right by me. Everyone's waking up for their bright, sunny day. 
at a trailer park and, you know, looks to be like the Sierra Nevadas or something, maybe. Yeah, it's a weird area. It's like mountainous or deserty mm-hmm. at times, right? Yeah. I guess Sierra Nevadas makes sense. Feels high mountain California-y to me. And, uh, well, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, so they're really establishing like that there's this community of characters. Yeah, we meet all these we're introduced to all these characters, like you say, a bunch of feisty old ladies and... Clara! My electric's gone out again, Clara! I'm gonna miss my soup! Uh, people going, getting their day started, and it had a little bit of like a like Pee-wee's Big Adventure feel to me. Yeah. Like Rube Goldberg machine, kind of, even though there wasn't a machine like that. It had that motion to it. Right. Everything's coming to life. Yeah. The characters that we're introduced to that are important is like, one is there's an old lady that can't get her soaps. Elvira's electric is out again and she's going to get hyper if she can't see her soaps. And we get introduced to Maggie. Played by uh, Catherine Mary Stewart. Yeah, right. And then Lewis, who ends up being the kid brother. Right. And we're hearing about Alex, but we haven't seen who this Alex person is. Uh Uh-huh. Tell Elvira that Alex will be over to patch her electric in time for the soap. Lewis then runs up to Alex, who's standing at a old, you know, an eighties style arcade game. On his way, I mean, Lewis is wearing a uh, a crazy space helmet that looks like he can't see anything out of. Yeah, and he's got like a basically like a pellet gun, right? And he's just like shooting things along the way, and being a real rascal. And he walks by like one of the other caretakers' kind of trailers and just like blindly shoots into the doorway. Lewis Rogue and the Cosmic Cadet. The Space Avenger is on your case. Oh! I like that he just <laughs> yeah. shot into that guy's trailer. It was funny. He's a little rascal. Yeah. As we shall see. So yeah, Alex is where you can always find him. At the Starfighter game. Mm-hmm. You have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Sur and the Kodan Armada. Get ready? Prepare for blast Maggie's out there on the road with her picnic basket and the big red pickup truck, fancy pickup truck. Well, you know, great looking 70s Chevy, I think, pulls up. Maggie's calling Alex. It's time to go because they're going to the lake for a picnic. He's demonstrated that he's very good at this game. And then they emphasize that by he then is in the middle of the game, but he has to leave, so he lets Lewis take over, and Lewis immediately gets killed. Yeah, right away. Yeah, so Alex, on the way to the truck, checks the mail. He's clearly interested in finding something. It's one of these, you know, coming-of-age, did-I-get-accepted type, you know, letter-shuffling searches. Nothing yet. uh, Nothing there. It's time to go drink beer with the hillbillies. Yeah. Truck full of fun. He he does the you know the hubris moment right where he declares to all of the the other truck truck patrons no truck content to the contents of the truck. <laughs> anyway, he uh-huh. declares that he's not going to get stuck in this shithole, you know, yeah, and he's, he's going to make something he's of gonna, himself. Yeah. He's going to make something of something. Not like the rest of you losers. You guys think I'm going to hang out here, watch you shine your pickup, go to the drive-in, get drunk and throw up every Saturday night? Forget it, man. I'm doing something with my life. 
Like, whoa, dude, these are your friends? Yeah, right. Not setting himself up for a good time. <laughs> no. But, you know, they're probably used to it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and they call him Mr. Serioso. Mr. Serioso ends up having to Mr. Go-Go to fix the electricity so he, yeah, can't, he can't go to the lake. Can't go. Maggie goes without him. Mom's hollering. Mom's got to go work a double at the diner, so she can't do it. I mean, what is the situation? It seems like they're, I guess they don't own the trailer park, but they seem to manage it. And yet she still has to go work a double to diner. That's tough. So we get to, it's night now and he's where he, where he would be. They really push the night sky. I love us. I think all the shots are the nighttime. Like they really are. There's like way more stars than you would expect to see. Yeah. I I really like the way they do this. They're real bright. Yeah, they make you get these long shots of the trailer park with the 1940s light up trailer park sign. Yeah, it's a cute trailer park. It really is. It's called Starbright. Yeah. Yeah. So you see the trailer park and the sign and then and it's just like pure black with a million billion stars. And it, it's a cool feeling. I like it. Yeah. Uh, and he's out there playing his Starfighter game. Green Starfighter. Maggie comes back. She gets dropped off by the truck guy. And who's got a, a ridiculous horn on it? I forget what it is. It's not. It's not Dixie, but it's a. Uh... He's got a stupid bro horn. <laughs> yes, I don't. I don't like the. Nah, I don't. I don't want to hang out with those people. No, nah, not my. Not my cup of tea. But you know, he's Alex is a little jealous. You know, oh, you you came back with what's his face? All oh, right. Yeah. And she's like, oh, what I came back, right? And he's like, oh, okay, yeah. And they smile and they're sweet again. And then the next thing you know. Alex, look. Oh my God, was it? <laughs> She's just amazed because he's, he's topped like 900,000 on the video machine. Right. She, she knew that score. Yeah. She's the one that recoils and is like, oh my God, look at your score. And he seems like, oh, he didn't notice. Yeah. Because he was just like playing, I guess. He's just in the zone. Well, this is his meditation. It's his therapy. He, yeah, he was having this conversation with her. So he yeah. was sort of distracted playing yeah. at the same time. But just like racking up the points. Yeah. And and yeah, it, it's funny that you mentioned that, that she definitely was like, oh my God, like you say, look at the score. I mean, it becomes very clear that this is the only thing that happens around here. Yeah. <laughs> Alex is going for the record. It is very exciting. The the one of the old mans who's also lives there and seems to be a maintenance guy starts yelling like everybody, everybody, you gotta see this, you gotta check that out. He's gonna beat the record. Yeah. And we get the the first scene of like the whole the cast whole of damn characters. Town. Yeah, like charging up the steps up the hill to watch Alex beat the game. Otis, what are you yelling about? Let's go. Come on! It's a little hard to believe that any of these people care. They're way too excited. (laughs) And then he beats it. And then they're way too excited. Yeah. There's high fives all around. Um, People are screaming and laughing. 
Yeah, it's just as if I had written it at that when I was that age when it came out. <laughs> right, because yeah, right, sure. <laughs> like, to a fifth grader, like look at that me, that is I'm the greatest Galaga. thing ever. <laughs> Why don't the adults get it? These adults get it. Definitely. Oh, the trailer park is Starlight, Star Bright. Did I just say Starlight? Whatever. So there's like the refractory period after the party. People are still waving and saying congratulations as well as they, yeah, as he's got his feet up in the, the uh-huh. porch swing. Uh-huh. And she's sad because she kind of realized that, like, I guess Alex is made for better things. And yeah, look at what he did. He beat this video game. Yeah. Clearly, he's yeah. destined for greatness. Yeah. <laughs> he is. She gets up and she's like, Night, Alex. <laughs> And he's like, wait, why are you... Night, Alex? You're, why are you mad? Didn't you just see what I did? <laughs> Lewis is spying on them, the little brother from the window, and he gets off one of his many snarky things when he sees them making out, which is... Diarrhea. That's your comment when you were that age. Yeah, the kid, yeah. he was us. <laughs> Except that he had like a stack of Playboys. I definitely did not have that when I was in fifth grade. No? Mm-mm. I don't... I don't think so. All right. I don't remember. <laughs> People don't even know what Playboys are anymore, probably. People definitely don't know what Woods porn is. <laughs> well, why would that go away? <laughs> because it's everywhere. It's on your phone. Yeah, but I mean, you don't need you've, like... no, you've, got, you've got no cell service in the woods. You still need Woods porn. I guess. It's, it just seems like it's so ubiquitous these days. No, no, no one's a carrier porno magazine off into the woods somewhere and then drop it for some reason as if it was only good for one sitting but you come back it's like a cache <laughs> oh yeah that's true there were there were those that you found sometimes <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah perfect place for a segue yeah. uh so it's kind of uh ma comes back from working a double at the diner oh yeah how does she not know about the record breaking she was working. Like he comes in. He no. He comes in, and she's in. She's in their trailer. And right, he's like, but she had like groceries. She had like a bag of groceries. But everybody's still milling around, <laughs> high fiving. Like the like Dude, the whole place is electric. Fucking, she's fucking tired, man. She's been on her feet for twelve hours. Right. She knew. She just didn't want to hear about it. Right. She's like, right, right, right. Whatever, man. Like I just like for twelve hours dealt with like smoking truck drivers who are trying my to grab goddamn my goddamn loser son. <laughs> He's just going to play video games for the rest of his life. And, and we have to and live this, in the one place where this, they encourage yeah. it. This is the icing on the cake because she's got the letter of rejection for the loan. Yeah. And she's sorry that she opened it, but she was excited. And he's yeah. got no problem with this. He's like, it's fine, mom. What What's going on? And it's like, ah, oh, no, you didn't get the loan. You're going to have to go to city college like everybody else. But at least you'll be with your friends. Yes, sir, folks, step right up, meet boy adventurer Alex Rogan on the last leg of his worldwide tour to nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Those people that he loves so much. She's working too much. She doesn't have any idea. So he's bummed, and uh, he's back outside, and he sees the the arcade game freaking out and shaking and strobe lighting and glitching. And we get, you know, one of the many, like, fans off screen blowing a lot of wind. Mm-hmm. So we can tell something's happening and we hear a sound that sounds like a jet landing, but it's a cool, freaky car. Yeah. And this car, the, the guy who designed this car also designed the Blade Runner car. 
but it's sleek and it's got, you know, doors that open up, whatever you call those things. Gullwing doors. Oh yeah? Cool. Oh, I like that. And uh, we meet this character. Can you tell me the name of the person who broke the record on that game over there? He's looking for the person who beat the game. And Alex is like, Alex Rogan. You're looking at him. Alex Rogan. <laughs> he says his name is Centauri and he designed the game. And he's got a business proposition for him and he should get in the car. This guy, did you recognize him at all? Did you know this actor? Uh, no, I mean, I assumed it was Columbo. Excuse me, sir. I'm glad I go away, Columbo. I think when oh. I was a kid. <laughs> oh, I could see that, that connection happening yeah. as a kid. Sure. Uh, this is the great Robert Preston. Most famous for The Music Man. Are you familiar with that at all? No, I don't know. That oh, either. really? Okay. It was a very, very famous musical and... And he played kind of the same character. And this, this character was written for him to play kind of a flim-flam man. This guy, Centauri, Mr. Robert Preston, is uh, very charismatic. And he really does play that classic American snake oil salesman kind of thing very, very well, I thought. Centauri's the name. I invented Starfighter, which is why I'm here. You know, he's exceedingly charming. And he's fast-talking. I've seen him come and I've seen him go, but you're the best, my boy. Dazzling. Light years ahead of the competition. And kind of like waving his hands like, oh, don't look over there. Look over here and step right this way, my boy, and all that. I like how he says, nothing to be afraid of. To Alex to get in the car. That should set up so many red flags right there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great character. And I definitely remember this character. I think a lot of the characters are really well done. As much as uh, money was spent on... You know, this is after Tron. You know, this was the next movie to try to use all this early computer-generated graphics. And so a lot, a lot of money was spent on that. But it still is the, I feel like, the strength of the characters that makes the movie fun. Alex gets in the back seat, and there's someone else in the back seat. They shake hands, and, like, big spark flies off. Right. And then the person runs out of the car. Yeah, it's like, oh, my God. Okay. So at that point, if you're Alex, you know to get out of the car. You should, but the door closed and he's kind of like, hey, wait a minute, what the fuck's going on here? And immediately they they take off at incredible speeds. Whenever you do these scenes, it seems like in the 80s was just full of cars on windy roads and they would just speed them up, right? Like Knight Rider in particular. Oh, yeah, sure. And it, just, it never looks real. No. What else are you going to do? It gets the point across. <laughs> yeah, but it's... It's just a terrible effect. Yeah, and Centauri's all, you know, he's not really looking at the road either. He's talking over his shoulder. Sorry, but do you feel like people just gotten more creative with, like, tighter shots and, like, making things shake more? I feel like like this kind of thing, especially, like, in 80s TV, like I said, like, just double the speed of the film and it'll look like it's going fast. Nobody would do that now. What have you gotten me into? It looks like it's going really fast. That's the only thing that we care about right now. Because what happens next is it turns into a, a fucking spaceship and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> rockets out into the sky. That looked okay. Shifting into star drive at Columbo Zeta. Columbo, you're becoming very annoying. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, always, I feel like throughout this, everything that's about to happen... 
Alex does not seem as freaked out as I feel like he ought to be. Yeah, for sure. This rocket car is leaving the Earth very quickly. You know, in, in a matter of moments, they're passing Saturn. So they're really hauling ass. And Alex is kind of like, ah, hey, like knocking on the glass between them. Like, what's going on here? We see Centauri's like got a silk handkerchief in his hand. He's like cleaning his eyes on it. Right. I remember that much. Speaking of things that I remember from that had an impression on me, made an impression yeah, on me. Yeah, for sure. It's like, oh my God, what horror is this? And he, he, you know, he quickly turns and looks over his shoulder at Alex and he's just got these like red glowing eyes. And, uh, you know, they do it like a really good quick, a quick flash, you know, a couple frames. So you just like, whoa, what was that? Right. And, uh, you know, it startles Alex and then we're, we pull back. We're outside of the ship again. Yeah, it was. It was. A, it was. I remember that as being sort of a little bit scary. Yeah, I, so did I. Absolutely. And then we get to this great new world where it looks like shit. <laughs> it looks like shit. It's, it's, it's just brown. Oh. No, I mean the world with like the people, like the, this oh. language that they speak, and these like. Sorry, I was talking about the planet. These receding hairline aliens. Yeah, everyone's got male pattern baldness, basically. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's cool. And they have like silver hair. Who's the doctor in MASH? The third doctor that... Oh, oh shit. Yeah, I know he That had this hair. Yeah, I love that guy. Yeah, Win, Win, Ch- Win Slow. The, the straight shooter. Yeah, Winchester. It must be Winchester. <laughs> really? <laughs> we'll ask the computer about that one. <laughs> <laughs> beep beep boop boop beep retrieving relevant audio archive the handsome dapper dr major winchester sir Blinger, you don't have to suck up to me i didn't that and i don't like you anyway thank you sir no. i didn't like mash i turned off the television when mash came on no way really i loved it hey you got an excuse for a winchester drop they land at the base meets the uh Colonel Winchester, lady alien. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's talking to him like as if it was, she's trying to coax a puppy out of a car. Exactly. Exactly. Like, it's all right. Come on. Yeah. Come on now. And uh, the next thing he knows, he's like being handed a uniform. I, he's beginning to realize that he's just basically been conscripted right. into an army by this guy. Where are we? Welcome to Rylos, my boy. Rylos. Wait a minute, you mean, you mean like in a game? Oh, he's quick, he's quick, he's very quick, he's speechless. So long, Alex, have fun! And we get our first cut back to Earth here. I like to teach the world to sing. Sing And this begins like a very, very, like we're spending equal amount of time in both worlds from this point on. It cuts back and forth, back and forth, which is kind of unusual, I feel like. Back on Earth, we have Lewis, who's digging under the top mattress for porn. And in Alex's bed, we have, uh, you know, a human being who's completely covered up by blankets. And Maggie comes in, and she assumes it's Alex. Yeah, everyone thinks Alex is under these blankets. Right, and he's just super depressed about the fact that he's, you know, going to have to be a hillbilly for the rest of his life because he didn't get this loan. And so he's moaning, and she basically says, well, if you need anything, I'll be in my trailer. and 
leaves. Pretty creepy. Yeah. And she looks very fetching in those braids, by the way. Yeah. New hairdo for Mags. Yeah, but that... So, okay, but the thing is, in the very beginning, her very first hairdo, like, and I think it's probably because of this movie, but just that era, like, I always assumed that my girlfriend was going to have hair like that. Voluminous hair? Yeah, like that real 80s hair. Like, I, you know, I was at that age where I... I couldn't imagine, right, that styles would change or anything. It's just like, this was the ideal, you know, <laughs> really, really me. imprints then, on you, doesn't it? Yeah. So now, like, going back and seeing it, I was like, I was like, oh my God. Like, yeah, yeah. It's epic hair, too. Yeah. Blow dried out and brushed out, you know? Yeah. Very feathery. Very feathery. Lots of layers. And so she leaves and we get a, the the an arm comes out from the blanket and pulls the blanket down and it's this grotesque great practical dummy uh, with its whole skin is breathing in and out yeah like translucent white yeah humanoid gooey and it's got yeah. big eyes that are rolling around they're like totally goofily cross-eyed too yeah <laughs> which yeah. they're probably just like fuck it cut it print it's good yeah go <laughs> run out of budget here we spend it all on graphics then we cut back to the control center yeah it's dawning on him because he sees all the ships which are called gun stars the same ship from the arcade game that uh-huh. he was playing oh let's give Jax a second alright buddy good job you did it do you know the Star Trek character that was in this movie I know a couple oh, okay we're back to this game are we <laughs> I I uh yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. So the ship. We're talking about the ship. Cool ship. It's a really cool ship. Got four big engines. It's giant too. Uh, and it's, they're like two man ships. There's like navigator and there's starfighter, I guess. Yeah, which you know, I always was wondering like how that works with the video game. Uh-huh. Cuz you just play the video game by yourself. Why right. why do you need a navigator? I wonder if uh, when Centauri designs the next series, if it's going to be one of those sit-down video games. Uh-huh. You know, it has two seats. Yeah. And you and you you do it just like just like in the Starfighter. That'd be cool. I don't see Columbo um, dedicating that kind of budget to it, though. But he might be government-funded now. But we'll get there. So, yeah, this is when Alex is shaking his head a little bit. Like, what the hell? And he gets a translator, so now they can all understand one another. And then like right this way. And he's still kind of like just like got his uniform all bundled up in his arms. And he goes into a, you know, a briefing room with all these other crazy looking aliens in their starfighter uniforms. And I like how even some of them have like the ball caps on, you know, like you see like military pilots or everyone wears these days. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you work on a Navy ship, you'll have one that says USS whatever on it with scrambled eggs and shit. I lo- just love that the aliens had versions of these ball caps. You got the like the Winchester race sort of milling around, doing all sorts of things, and up on this upper balcony above the pilots that are being addressed, you have like this admiral person, right? Yeah, I think he's called Ambassador, and his name is Enduran. If this wasn't in this movie and you just sliced this into Star Wars... Exactly. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to tell the difference. Like, I saw this and, and I thought... You got a white-bearded man... Describing the plans. In my memory, I remember this as being Star Wars. So. Yeah. It's the same scene. He's basically Ambassador Exposition. As you all know, 
And he explains that there's a frontier. Aeons ago, our ancestors. Which I guess is this electronic. A barrier of energy. That their ancestors set up to protect them from. The Kodan, is that what they're called? Something like that. Yeah. In fact, I think that's exactly it. And there's a dark betrayal, and we find out that it's his son. Because of a dark betrayal. So they know that there's this armada on its way. That's the gist, right? Yeah. Did you recognize this guy? Uh, no. I mean, I thought he was from Star Wars. Oh, oh yeah, right. As you said. <laughs> no, he, he was familiar to me, and I looked him up, and his name is K.E. Cooter? Or Cutter? <laughs> e. <laughs> Break a one, breaker one. Might be crazy, but I ain't dumb. Crazy Cooter coming at you. Anybody home on the hazard net? Um... K-U-T-R. So maybe that's Cutter. But he, he's in a lot, a lot of stuff. And I was like, well, how do I know him? How do I know him? But he played... There's that TNG app where Lieutenant Broccoli becomes super, super smart. And he becomes the computer, basically, of the ship. Okay. But he was just being used by this race that brings you to them. Right. And they're called, like, Cytherians or something. And he his big head appears on the bridge and he's talking right. to the captain huh. so he's that guy right and then he was also in a, a ds9 episode but i don't i don't really remember it well similarly in this movie we have a big head that appears that's exactly what happens next right alex is like i'm out of here like no no good he sees yeah they're all yelling victory or death and he's like are you out of your fucking mind what what is this a cult in the interim here he's met this guy grig who is a navigator Star Navigator First Class Greek, got your service, sir. <laughs> and he looks like a purple salamander man. I thought he looked like a kind of like an armadillo. He's a scaly guy. I like this makeup. I thought he looked great. Yeah. And uh, he's a very pleasant fellow, and he's quite optimistic. And as Alex is chasing after Centauri here, he's having this dialogue with Grig. There's been a big mistake. Am I to understand you're actually declining the honor of becoming a starfighter? He can't comprehend that you would decline this honor. Grig says this entire, like, have you been up to your old Excalibur tricks again? I thought that was really interesting. It's not explained at all. Did it ever occur to you that it's against the law to recruit from worlds outside the Star League? Earth's in danger too, isn't it? And no, I did not use the Excalibur test. It was called a video game. You have no idea how much trouble was to design it and to get it into the stores by Christmas. He says, which, Yeah, I like that. That's an like, awesome line. Yeah. <laughs> but I was like, what are these Excalibur games? Was he doing like a sword in the stone kind of thing to oh, right. uh, to find people who have the, the talent for being a starfighter? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was a fun bit. We cut out to the frontier. Yeah. What'd you call these guys? The Kodan, I think. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So they're all of a different species. And they're all really brown and leathery. Yeah, they're like muscle tissue. Yeah, that's pretty good. Because I couldn't think of something. They look like twisted old wood. Yeah. And there's kind of two command guys. And then a bunch of drones, it seems like. Mm -hmm. That maybe are partly cyborgy or something. And they all, all have right. computer voices. Control, you copy our star angle difference and parking angle. Yeah, I remember all of these aliens yeah. really well. Yeah, they really stood out to me, too. They're scary. They got the guy with the, the red flippy thing that goes over his eye. Uh-huh. And, and yeah. every time it does it, he his eyes flutter because he can't <laughs> stop his 
his uh, autonomic reaction to it. Right. <laughs> yeah, his blink reflexes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But there's one person who's not of this race, and that's Azur, because he's the son of... Of uh, Admiral Exposition Winchester. Exactly. He's like a prancing, arrogant... Yeah, he's like spoiled brat. Totally. And, and they don't the, like him at all. How long must we endure this fool? But he's got this scepter. Yep. Another thing I really remember vividly. Yeah, me too. Also made an impression. Looks really heavy. Looks like a mace, um, kind of like a... Yeah, it looks like a mace. Like a bat-winged mace. Yeah, the sword that shoots out of it. It seemed very unwieldy as far as weapons go. Yeah. I'm sure I would hurt myself swinging that thing around. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to lose an eye for sure. Yeah. They get a report. We have a break in the frontier. Fire the meteor gun! The leathery commanders are like, all right, well, fire the meteor gun. And the brat's like, I'm in charge here. I'll say when to fire the meteor gun. We should fire the meteor gun. Yeah. Classic. Classic, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What a turd. Yeah, he's such a he's such a whiny little shit. Back to Earth. The space car is broken down on the side of the road and Columbo's under it. He's doing some space wrenching. Ray's wrenching away, and obviously, which we neglected to mention, they got the hell out of there before the attack, so they don't know about that. Right. The Centaurian Alex, he's like, fine, I'll take you the fuck back to Earth. Let's go. You cost me a lot of money, kiddo. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. They're on the side of the road, wrenching away. Well, no, that's it. I mean, then Alex is like, well, I'll see you later. He's like, I can walk from here, buddy. Columbo then gives him like a digital business card. And listen, I can't take a present from you, Centauri. <laughs> he reduces me to poverty again and he thinks I'm giving him a present. What a world this is. What is it then? It's a second chance, my boy. If you change your mind, just tap the communo crystals. Yeah, and this is the thing that starts to make an impression on Alex finally after all of this is, you know, Centauri's like, you're you're turning your back on history here. And Alex is like, well, I'm nobody. I'm just a kid from a trailer park. And Centauri says, you know, if that's what you think, then that's what you always will be. Right. So that's kind of the gist of the morality tale. Or not morality tale, but you know what I'm saying. And the, the thing is that, like, we, we actually didn't say this, is that, Earlier in the movie, when he goes into his trailer and finds his mom, he's so jazzed and he's like, he says, like, this is, they're going to remember this day. Like, this is the place where Alex all started. This is where it all started. And he's like over the moon about beating the high score on this game. (laughs) Like, it's, he's like, like, it's going to change his life and he's going to become somebody. He's so excited about it. And then, yeah. So then like this moment with, with uh, this alien who's telling him, you know, Alien Columbo is telling him that, like, yeah, you're turning your back on this amazing opportunity. You're like, you have the gift and you can save not only, like, Earth, but space and from, from evil. Yeah. He literally turns his back and walks off into the weeds. Heads back to Starlight Starbright. Doesn't even, like, he's not on the road. He doesn't walk on the road. He, yeah, like, he, cuts, cr- he cuts cross country. Yeah. It's like across the desert. Yep. Because he knows his way. Yeah, he does. yeah, sure. He shows up in the trailer park, and Maggie, Maggie slaps him. Right. And cold slaps him. Says something along the lines of, 
I told you, Alex, me and my, how did you put it, strange sexual urges aren't talking to you anymore. And so she's and he's off. just kind of like, well, I don't, what? That's weird. Okay. So he doesn't know. So she's, she's gone and he goes to his room. He sits down on the bunk and he hears like a behind him. Right. Who's there? It's him. It's himself. It's the beta unit. And it's the person that he shook hands with. Right. And it, it explains itself. A beta unit is a simuloid. An exact duplicate of you, only not as loud. That it's a simuloid. Right. I liked that word. And it's there to take his place so no one knows that he's gone. Wait a minute. What are you doing back? Are you kidding? It's war up there. Oh. Save the whales and not the universe, huh? But he's having a hard time fitting in. And hey, what did you do to Maggie? Do to her? We're sitting outside looking at the stars and she sticks her tongue in my ear. I scream. I feel like this is my favorite scene of the whole movie. The stuff around Beta, I really enjoy. Yeah, I agree. Because we all know something that no one else does, and it's the main character that we've, you know, we've chosen to be familiar with at this point. We feel like we know, and he just gets to act incongruously in these sort of normal situations. Right. It's a really a lot of fun. Yeah, and the other thing that's nice about it is, it's, I mean, it's kind of corny, but it is this exploration of what it is to be, I don't know, what it is to be a human or what it, what it is to be, you know, an American but like this, you know, it's like you're a cultural tourist. You're seeing this person yeah. sort of fail because they don't understand the yeah, the, the nuances. Yeah. So yeah, that was, and that's interesting. It really is. And, and this scene's especially fun. I mean, they're having this conversation about like, who are you? What are you? And I'm this. And, to, you know, explaining himself. In the meantime, you know, Lewis, baby brother, is sleeping in the top bunk. Right. You know, so he wakes up and he's like, what the shit is going on here? Sorry, Lewis. So that's ongoing, and we we cut to outside of the trailer park, where someone's dropping off a hitchhiker who looks sinister. We know this is a bad guy, right? This must be the guy you were talking about. No, uh, in what way? Oh, did you recognize this guy? No, I didn't oh. recognize this guy. <laughs> I took a picture off of the screen. I'm going to text it to you right now. And uh, you can tell me, take a look at this guy's mug. I got it. I don't know. I mean, he looks like he's from Total Recall. Yeah, he was in Total Recall. You're getting warmer. Um, that's all I got. I mean, he, he, got. Looks, he looks like a real 80s kind of guy. <laughs> he sure is that. He's got, it. he's got the look, especially with that mustache. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm so bad at this. You really don't remember. Okay. It's Mark Alamo. It's Gold Ducat. Oh, my God. Really? It doesn't look like it to me. Look at that face. Look at that punum again. I guess. I need the neck wings to, <laughs> They're a to recognize away. him. Yeah. The spoon on his forehead is what really <laughs> yeah. should have tipped you off. I mean, he's only on screen for a minute. It was like, oh, this guy's a classic looking bad guy. I only caught it because I was watching the credits and I was like, wait a minute. Did it just say Mark Alamo? So Mark Alamo is here and he looks like a bad guy and he is a bad guy and as he's walking past the starfighter game it starts freaking out crazy light shoots out of it and attacks his face and and destroys his glamour basically and we see him for what he really is with like which is just like a hideous wall-eyed monster yeah i like that alien colombo put this technology into this video game oh yeah he he really thought this shit out 
You know, he's he's smart. Centauri's smart. Columbo, yeah. Smart guy. And so this guy, I don't know what they're, I don't remember what they're called, but he's an assassin. This is a Zandozan, an interstellar hit beast, compliments of Zur. Oh yeah, Alex is like kind of pissed about the beta unit being there. He's using the digital watch to call Columbo. That's right. And uh, assassin thing, not a very good assassin. No, so like, yeah, Alex notices him because like something's dropping on him from above. Alex looks up and there's this, yeah, this assassin thing. Yeah, like reaching down to get him. Yeah. And like (laughs) dropping gravel on him. (laughs) I I, I don't know. I thought the assassin had a gun. Exactly. Really clumsy. Yeah. So Alex takes off and, you know, he reaches around for something. He's got like a plank with a nail in it. Yeah. A board with a nail in it. Damn. (laughs) that's gotta fuck some shit up yeah alex maybe he's made of sterner stuff than we thought i guess my first wish is to get rid of those awful aliens he's got a board with a nail in it and save humanity will ya at the last second columbo shows up with his rocket car he's kind of caught by surprise but he's he's quick on the trigger he he shoots off the monster's arm a la again very star wars yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, the way it came off, just like uh, the walrus, walrus man. Yeah, right in the cantina. The assassin thing he can control the arm, even though it's detached from his body, and licks off some more shots. Catches Centauri and like maybe the upper GI. Yeah, that's a bad spot. You don't want to get hit there. Yeah, you don't want to get shot in the stomach. And then he like annihilates that thing. Right, it's on fire. Yeah, it's a smoldering pile. So we have this we have this jet car. We have mm-hmm. tons of laser blasts. We have a stinking alien that's caught fire. Uh-huh. And not one person in this whole trailer park shows up. Huh. Well, I guess it's just not as exciting as someone beating the star <laughs> yeah. the record on the Starfighter game. <laughs> Maybe just shit like this goes down all the time. I don't know. Yeah. They don't care. They're just really worn out from the previous night's celebration. You know, Alex is pretty like, what the fuck? And Centauri's like, look, these guys are going to just keep coming. Because in two hours, this place will be crawling with ten Zandozans. Until this is finished. At least up there you have a fighting chance in a, in a gun star. Exactly. Meanwhile, down here, they'll be going after Beta. And Beta here is here to be target practice. And Beta's like, say what? What do you think he's here for? <laughs> wait, wait a second here, Centauri. Right. <laughs> And so Alex is finally like, all right, fuck it. I guess I got to do this. Gets in the car with Centauri and fucks right off back to Rylos. And I kind of thought like, what about Maggie? Like he's not even, he's not even say like, I got to check in with my girlfriend because your beta unit has been a a total freak to her and she's pissed at me. And if I'm going to go off and die in a interstellar war, maybe I should say something. But no. I guess they sort of pushed that aside also because Centauri is dying. That's true. He's hit. So there's sort of an urgency to get out of there. But yeah, it probably would have been the right call to like have that really quick chat. They get back to Rylos. They pull into the parking garage. It's all fucked up. Somehow Alex gets the glass partition down. The limo screen? Yeah, I didn't know he could do, but now he does. Takes the wheel and... uh Grig is there, and they both kind of reassure Centauri that he's 
He struck it rich. He's going to get a big reward for this one. And he dies a happy man. Right. Now for a lively lift. Ice cold Coca-Cola. And we got back to Earth again. Just after that. Isn't that crazy? It's the way they're doing it. Yeah. I I would just skip over it, except the scene is so fun. I was going to say, we cut back to a scene that I actually, I really remember. Oh, yeah. Which is the beta unit hearing something and fucking with its ear, I guess. Turns out that it's got super sensitive hearing. It's this moth that's trapped in the blinds. Yeah. Right. So he's like annoyed that his hearing is so sensitive. So he like clearly takes his head off so he can like adjust his ear yeah, or whatever. He's working on his head on the desk. We get another Lewis classic like, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Again, he says like, what the shit or something like that. Because little kid swearing is always so much fun. And it is. Oh, fudge. Only I didn't say fudge. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like. Go back to sleep. You're having a terrible nightmare. The head on the desk is saying. Yes. <laughs> just looking right at it. I love the actor, Lance Guest. He, he does a really, the lead, he plays Alex Rogan. He does a great job with all this stuff. Yeah. He can do a lot with his eyes and his facial expression. Mm-hmm. Scolds his little brother, Lewis. Alex, what the hell's going on? Lewis, you're having a terrible nightmare. Go back to sleep. Back to sleep, and then yeah, Beta's head is looking out the window, and he sees a falling star stop midway through its arc and drop straight down. And he's like, "Ah, oh, fuck! Here we go. Where we go now? Back in space." And Greg is showing Alex the spaceship. So this is when Greg tells Alex that he's the last starfighter. I think he does that after they're in the fucking air. Like he he really kind of leads him on. He's and he's very optimistic. Like, all right, come on, let's go. I think, right. and he's got that really annoying laugh. <laughs> My apologies, Starfighter. <laughs> I don't think it's annoying. It's great. Really? I I like it. I liked it as a kid. This character is just clearly supposed to be like a jovial, whether it's representative sure. of the race or just this this person. But uh, Agreed. I think he's definitely that. I totally agree. And I don't want to take anything away from Greg or from... Your your childhood emotional relationship with Greg either. <laughs> I like him. Okay. Don't get me wrong. Greg explains that this gun star that they're getting in is a prototype. It's special. And mm-hmm. it wasn't in the hangar. Right. And this is when Alex tries to get it. Like, what do you mean? Like, how many are left? Including yourself? Yeah. One. And they're already on board when this conversation happens. It's like, yeah, no, you're the the eponymous last starfighter. And uh, they get out into space. They kind of started off with, um, just like the game starts off with like target practice, basically, right? There's some space buoys that the ship has for... Little um, D4 dice, basically, from... Uh Uh-huh, yep. Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, totally. But I think before this, they have the they have a conversation about the odds. Zero thinks you're still on Earth. Classic military strategy. Surprise attack. It'll be a slaughter. That's the spirit. That's what my optimistic note meant. <laughs> he says something along the lines also of like, I've always wanted to be in a desperate situation. You know, yeah, exactly. Fight a battle with such desperate odds. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. He's like a way more cheerful Klingon, basically. Death is a primitive concept. 
I prefer to think of them as battling evil in another dimension. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he's psyched and he's not, yeah, it doesn't have to be like a big dick about it either. Well, what do you think, Mr. Wharf? Good tea. Nice house. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then, yeah, so then there's target practice. Then, like, we're back on Earth. Yeah, I just have a note about Beta being confused about shit. Mags comes over and she's like, hey, I'm sorry I slapped you. And he's starting to get it. He's like, no, I'm sorry. I fucked up. And she's like, yeah, all right. You're getting it. Well, let's, <laughs> let's you know, we'll um we'll make it up tonight at at the lake. Right. And, like, does a little thing with her eyebrows. Yeah, and then, like, right. and then <laughs> Beta's, like, trying to move his eyebrows up and down, like, Okay, yeah. I, it's that's really fun. Yeah, but that's all. It, yeah, that's, I, that's the whole scene. Yeah, all the, except, yeah. I mean, that's like the comedy scene, right? Like he's drops the antenna, you know, half dozen times on on the other guy's head. <laughs> yeah, who's very patient with him, I might add. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, all right, let's try it again. It's not like doing it with your dad, where they would be all over your ass. Right. Well, everybody <laughs> loves Alex. Alex is the man. So, so this, this he beta unit like Nathan. Yeah, that's right. The beta unit's operating on like a lot of goodwill capital that he's exactly he's really he's he's really spending that shit too. Yeah. He's just burning through it, but still getting the benefit of the doubt for the time being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the beta unit, there's like a little bit of an awkward scene where they're all in the back of the pickup truck again and everybody's laughing. She's a little annoyed that he's like not fitting in. You know, she's like, well, you're not enjoying yourself. And he's like, well, what should I be doing? And, mm. and she says, like, well, you should be laughing. So then he totally pulls, like, a data moment. <laughs> the beta unit and and uh, Maggie are at Silver Lake. They're, like, on the picnic blanket, kind of yeah, making a out, big right? big bonfire, and all the friends are on their respective blankets, getting busy. Because then what happens? She she says, like... there's He's making weird noises that don't sound like... Doesn't sound like he's having fun noises. Yeah. And she kind of throws the blanket off. And he's like, God, what the fuck is the matter with you? And he's like, What's wrong? Should I put my tongue in your ear now? Don't bother, Alex. Yeah, right. She's like, Don't bother, you fucking creep. Yeah. Then he uses his super hearing, right? And he's eavesdropping in on another couple. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, darling. The smarmy truck driver. He's pissed off his special lady friend as well. You're my Juliet, my Venus. He's He pissed her off and he's sweet talking her. So the beta unit starts doing this, just word for word reciting this. And first it's working on Maggie, right? She's, uh-huh. like, she's like, oh, all right, you know. But then... All the other girls meant nothing to me. It was you. Shut up and talk dirty to me. The other girls meant nothing to me. It was you. Should I talk dirty to you now? Ah, that does it. God. And this, I assume this is also a scene that stuck out to you as a child? Oh, yeah. I totally remember that. Yeah, me too. That's what I was mentioning earlier at the beginning of the show. It's just like, what do teenagers do? What does all this mean? It was an informative movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It's going between space (laughs) fantasy, like where I get to like imagine that playing a video game is going to turn me into the last starfighter this is an amazing fantasy and then like the, all the earth scenes are just like you're like wow i'm really learning a lot about, about <laughs> the real world learning a lot about relational dynamics yeah. and i don't even know what that word means no 
so right, Beta decides to be like, all right, look, I'm I'm obviously really bad at this. I'm not Alex. I'm a beta unit. All right, I give up. I'm not Alex Rogan. What? I'm a beta unit. I'm an exact duplicate of Alex. So he's up there saving the universe while I'm down here for target practice. She's a reasonable person. She's like, what the fuck are you even talking about? You must be crazy. And then the cop, who is the assassin also, hears Beta explain, like, Alex is actually out in space. He's a starfighter. I'm just here. And the guy's like, oh, shit. This is the wrong dude. So it takes a pot shot right into Beta's abdomen, basically. Yeah, a bunch of wires spill out. And Maggie's like, yeah, you see? And also, like, a like green jizz, like, fires out of his <laughs> yeah. Yeah. abdomen. Like, burps out of him. Yeah, so maybe he was working, but it's just different for, for Beta robots. And this is Beta's big hero scene, right? Yeah. I like the fact that, like, he, him getting shot made it so that they don't have to have, like, a really long, drawn-out him proving to her that he's an alien. Uh-huh. Like, sometimes I feel like there's no quick way to do that except for, yeah, like, shoot him and show him the weird blood or whatever. So that made that quick. Yeah, and it's like spring right into action. Right. He's got to stop this cop from reporting back. Uh-huh. So he steals he steals the truck. Right, we hear the horn go off, so the the hillbilly bro is like, that's my truck. The baby unit's like, don't come with, but Maggie's determined to come with, I guess. She's going to go, yeah. She, she's got she's to get to the bottom of this shit. You're staying here. No, I'm not. I'm not staying anywhere until I find out what's going on. God. Hey, my truck. Yeah. I probably would have just been like, yeah, go take care of that all. You freaky robot. Yeah. Green jizzing weirdo. Get out of here. Yeah. Like you're not Alex. So I'm not that interested in, you know, like good luck. Come back if you can. She's got spirit. She's she's a heroic individual. So she jumps in the truck and... They're racing after the sheriff, and uh, he gives her the lowdown, and she accepts this with surprising ease, really. Yeah. Is this for real? Yes! That's what I'm trying to tell you. It's all for real. Well, then don't talk! Drive! She decides, well, if it's not that, it's this, and so therefore I'm all in. Right. And Which is, you know, that's kind of what you got to do in the moment, I suppose. It's good on her. Yeah. They corner it at its landing site and it st- starts to transmit. And, you know, he's like, all right, we're going to jump out of the truck. So the truck will ram it. But of course, she jumps out and he rams the the ship and uh, they explode. And it exploded. And that's the end of Beta. It is the end of Beta. And I didn't, you know, I didn't remember what happened. I assumed that he'd come crawling out or that eventually Alex would come back and they would go find him. But they don't. Now nah, he he figured this was it. This is one his chance to get out of his situation that he wasn't digging that much anyway. Yeah, <laughs> he could not get that feeling out of his ear. Yeah, couldn't cope. Not having a good time. This beta. Um, okay, but there is this really nice little. It's like it seems it's ridiculous. He rams this truck into this spaceship and it bursts into fire. Right. Yeah. And she's like up off the ground, dusting herself off after having just jumped out of a truck. And she does this total like model turn to camera and says, I love you, Alex Rogan, or whatever his last name is. Yeah, yeah. It's that, just like, you know. Well, that that actually drops in a little bit later, but she's still there. Uh, back in the Gunstar, 
they're kind of just still talking and they're about to get, I guess, underway. They have their moment of Alex, Alex's eyes opening that, you know, his life isn't the only important life in, in the fucking universe, basically. You know, they're in these caves still and Griggs like, I live below ground with my wife Boyd and 6,000 little Grigglings. Right. Which is awesome. And, you know, Alex hasn't gotten the time to get to know any of these people. His world's expanding now. He's like, oh, well, we live in... Uh, we live in a mobile home. That's a cave that, that goes places. Only we never went anyplace. A mobile cave that never went anywhere. Fascinating. Which is fun. Right. And, yeah. and Grigory's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll see my family again. Everything was great until they got enslaved by the bad guys. It's like, oh, shit, right. Like, there's actually a lot of, at stake here, not just my life playing video games in a trailer park and not wanting to go to City College. Right. And this is when Alex gets his, his courage comes and he decides that maybe he is a starfighter after all. Alex Rogan. Alex? Alex. Is the last starfighter. Every Earthling who's ever imagined traveling beyond the stars. Maybe there is a starfighter left. I love you, Alex Rogan. Uh, they, they have a plan, which is to stay and hide inside of this asteroid. And how are you going to get through all, all those squadrons with just your one ship? So it's for kids. So anyway. Yeah, it's unimportant. They'll just wait for the shit to go by and they'll attack from the rear. Good plan, folks. And it is. And that's what they do. Yeah. And then this this fight sequence is just so quick. You know, like... This they whole, really like, wrap it up. Like, you think that, like, this movie is leading towards, like, a space battle scene that's going to be sort of epic. It's a one against an armada. Like, they really have no, <laughs> no problem. No problem at all. It doesn't even seem like they take any damage. And I'm definitely going to account some of this to the, you know, when they when they attack from the rear on the uh, the mothership, and everybody on the bridge freaks the fuck out because they realize that there's one gun star. Like this shows how afraid they are, right? Of the technology or the prowess or the legend or whatever it is of the starfighters, and they're just like, "What? This guy? You said they were all dead." And so there's that, there's the psychology and they blow up the node. So maybe all the ships can't coordinate. Right. That's right. So they're easier pickings, I suppose. That's right. I mean, if they were all coordinated, it seems to be that Greg thinks that they wouldn't have had a chance, but now they've, they've destroyed the node and now these ships are all sort of like. They avoid the node. Yeah. They destroy the node. Yeah. It's like, but it's still like a hundred ships or whatever. That they have to fight. They made short work of those. Yeah. And I mean, I think really the reason is because the CG probably took so long. It was so expensive that like, they're just like, well, we we can only generate like four minutes of film. Yeah, we can do exactly four or five minutes. They destroy the node and then they just fight a couple ships and then they immediately do the death blossom thing where the ship just spins, you know, a million miles an hour just in place shooting in every direction and, and kills everything which was cool like i remember as a kid being like whoa 
I remember, I don't know, like sitting under my chair as a kid and pretending that I was like in this <laughs> awesome in this in this ship and, and had that screen in front oh, of me. Oh, like, in the gunnery station? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think all of that was really well done, but then, yeah. I was super impressed by it then, yeah. Yeah, so, but this depletes the ship of all of its energy, right? Yeah. They're like adrift now. Shit's gone nuts on the on the mothership, but they're they're like, well, let's ram it then. Let's take that gunstar out. They fought the um like the brat, right? Like the brat's already left. Zur. Oh yeah, they apprehended him. They were like, All right, enough of this fucking little shit. Well I they they did, but he anymore. got away. He got away and he hit the button for the escape pod. Danger. The emergency destruct system is now activated. He gets the hell out of there. He's brethren at this point. He's what? Brethren. Brethren. Like he's part of our fraternity. Oh, of escape potties? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. He's in the club? Yeah. We'll get jean jackets with patches on the back? We're not a biker gang. Well, not yet. No, we're an escape pod gang, man. I guess we could have like cool puppy space jackets. Yeah. Yeah. All right. He gets a black. I think I was thinking more like fezes. You want a fez? Yeah, like All escape right. pod fezes. For we can do fez. You know, a fez can easily look like an escape pod. The local fraternity of <laughs> escape pod four forty one. Yeah, or escape pod five two zero. Love it, uh, love it. Okay, so anyway, I I just wanted to say here another part that I really enjoyed was right. They do the ramming speed and which fails at the very last second. The gunship comes back to life or something right yeah grig hot wires it so they're able to shoot and those aliens that you had mentioned earlier that are sort of like hybrid droid life forms they start dying and it's like it's like a chorus of dying speaking spells so yeah like you say grig hot wires their their gun star, they get that bucket moving and launch a bunch of missiles at the mothership. Right. And they're all like, ah, we can't control the ship. What do we do now? And the aforementioned commander of that squadron with the red thing that flips over his eye <laughs> makes him blink and he says, We die. And I remember that very well, too. Yeah, me too. And they're going to they're going to crash into this moon, right? And you see the CGI moon and you see the CGI ship and that's a very small moon when it rams into it. Like it looks like our moon and we I just assume that it's huge. And it basically you assume that it's just very far away and that the ship will get smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and blow up on the surface of the moon but it pretty much everything stays the same same shape and just rams right into it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it explodes. And the moon that is the same size as the ship basically suffers no damage from this explosion. Right. That was pretty funny. Yeah. It looks like they hurried that along. They were running out of money, I'm sure. Yahoo! And they do a real uh Han Solo Yahoo. Yahoo! Yeah. 
Let's get out of here, yeah. kid. Yeah, followed by a very like Star Warsy fanfare ending. Mm-hmm. Hero, hero's welcome. Yeah, it's just right out of the end of episode four. Yeah, the uh, ambassador exposition is there, and he's like, "Hey, we really want you to stay." And because Alex is looking around, he's like, "Uh, okay, I'll stay." And you can tell there's a but, and that but is back starlight starbright that butt is on earth that butt is on earth yeah yeah so maggie's like looking for lauren hanging out at the park she's been through a little bit at this point and then we get the classic mom's calling alex's mom is calling out alex come home for dinner or whatever we also get the classic unnatural wind storm here it is again right that lets us know that something extraterrestrial is happening yeah, people are starting to congregate already. The hillbilly bro is like, where's my truck? Where's Alex? What the fuck is going on? And uh, it's the Gunstar. We get Lewis, gets another quip in. He says something along the lines of like, all right, we're being invaded. He's super psyched about it. Yeah. I love that kid. We got, we got the old lady with a gun. Granny. Granny's got her shotgun. You know, Maggie races up the stairs and everyone's like, no, don't go. And she races ahead and Alex comes down on the elevator from his position way, way up on the Gunstar and walks towards her. But of course, his helmet is completely foggy and full of condensed water. I don't even think yeah. he could see where he was going. Yeah. You know, I know I understand the point of this, of course, but you could just have a blast shield or something. Yeah, right. It could have just been like seriously tinted. It looks like he just sneezed. Inside of his helmet, <laughs> like crazily. <laughs> he takes his helmet off and she's like, is it really you? And they kiss and she's like, oh yeah, it's really you. Everybody can imagine what happens from here. Yeah, it all wraps up. The fairy tale ending. Yeah, it's a fairy tale ending. There's some fun stuff with the trailer park folk being like, wow, it's Alex. And then Greg comes out and they're like, it's a monster. Lewis, little bro, runs up. He's like, cool, an alien. And he runs up and just starts like pulling on his on Greg's gun holster. Yeah, he grabs. Like, I was waiting for the movie to be like Greg just whips out his blaster and just like, takes him out, like yeah. any fucking military or cop would do. You like go for their gun. They're like fuck. Boom. That's the end of the movie, right there. He's like, I gotta go back. Maggie, we said we'd do everything together. Let's go together. So they go. Yeah. The Gunstar takes off and kills everybody with the rocket backwash standing around them. (laughs) It's a weird turn that the movie takes at the very end. Yeah. So at the end, though, Greg is like encouraging Alex to get a move on. He's like, hurry up. Oh, yeah. We got to go. What's that all about? Yeah, they just took care of all that. What's the rush? Yeah. They just wanted to get that movie over with. Yeah. Well, Nathan, how was uh, your time revisiting 1984's The Last Starfighter? I liked it, yeah. I was really happy to see it again. Had it been a long time? 1995 must have been the last time I could have seen that movie. Good long time. Yeah. Did you watch it with your daughter? Has she seen it? I did watch it with Augusta. What did she think? I'd like to hear her review. Maybe you can get her to... I think she wandered off at some point. Uh-huh. But she was pretty into it for a while. Um, 
Is she like six? Yeah, she's six. She definitely did not like the melting face part. That's like I said, I think that's what made it PG. No other critiques. There's so many, so many scenes that I remembered and that I liked. I think it would be impossible for me to overturn all of that by rewatching it. Sure. And that, that, that didn't end up happening. You know, I don't think this is a movie that I would go around telling people that they have to watch because it, uh-huh. it doesn't make sense as that kind of movie. But, you know, being a kid who went to art, you know, video arcades and uh, right, right, played arcade games and loved space and, you know, that like we, we were all... also like seeking escape from the ever looming nuclear war we were all going to die in. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I liked it. Um, I'm going to give you a quick rundown of memorable films from this same year. Okay. From 1984. And just to put this into perspective for both of us, um, it's pretty fascinating. Uh, the Terminator. I would not have seen. I would not have seen it that year. We were too young. Ghostbusters, which I did see that year. Sure. Yeah, me too. Uh, Gremlins, which came out on the same day as Ghostbusters. Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Red Dawn. A Nightmare on Elm Street. 2010. I don't think I ever saw 2010. Romancing the Stone, Revenge of the Nerds, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, and the and the fucking Karate Kid. Oh, Buckaroo Banzai. You gotta be kidding me. This is all 1984. Wow. Oh, and Brother from Another Planet. This is an incredible year for uh, for popular genre movies. Wow. And Last Starfighter is among this. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot Starman of Starman also. Well, Starman's good. There's a yeah. lot of movies on that list that I would recommend before The Last Starfighter. But me too. Me too. I I just thought it was a very interesting um list of notables. So you know, as per my review portion of of the program, I like you have. I mean, I haven't seen the movie. I don't think since then, or at least since it probably aired on cable four years later or something. So it was definitely like going back in time. And there were a lot of scenes that obviously really stuck with me that came right out. So there was nostalgia and there was a lot of fun. It was a fun watch. Totally agree with that. And I also totally agree that I wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily recommend it carte blanche. I think it's, I think it's a kid's movie. I think it's for kids. Yeah. And I don't mean that in a disparaging way. I just think that that's, It's basically a G movie, and if you want like a really easy watch that feels like one episode of television, basically, yeah, for sure. It's it's a lot of fun. It's very it's like a Disney movie. I was very surprised that it wasn't Disney. Yeah, Um, it's it's so short that it's not much of an investment to watch it, except that you have to like pay money, I guess, to rent it. Having said that, the performances are really good. It's it's character heavy, which I really like. For yeah. all the money they spent on fledgling CGI, which holds up for what it is. Yeah, yeah, um, barely, but it does. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's it looks re. I mean, for 1984, it's like incredible looking. Basically, it's state of the art. It's fun, and yeah, the characters drive it. It's a fun ride. I feel like I should be able to say more about it, but it is a short movie. It's really it well goes done. By, it goes by really fast. Um, it does feel a little bit disjointed with how like quickly 
the actual fighting part is. But I don't mind the shortness of the fighting. Like, I don't need to see gratuitous, bad special effects, so, you know, just to draw it out. I completely agree with that. And I feel like we're, we're living in a time right now, you know, where there will be a, an Avengers movie, even though that's all in the recent past, where you get a lot of story for the first two thirds of the movie. And then the last third is like, is an insane battle scene that goes on for an hour and is, and is boring ultimately. Yeah. Like you, you actually can't follow it. I don't think you're meant to. I think that's part of the technology of that style is there's so much frenetic activity happening. Yeah. It's way easier to do that than it is to actually like make a really wonderfully choreographed, coherent fight scene. Right. Or or action sequence. Right. So, yeah, I agree. I'm not a, I definitely don't care that there wasn't an extended space battle. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was almost comical how fastly it wrapped up, but you know. It was. (laughs) Like, oh, okay. I guess I wasn't so bad after all. (laughs) No. Yeah. We got, we got this shit. Okay. So now we determine what to watch next. What for the computer to tell us what to watch next. Accessing the escape pod film archive. Beep, beep, boop, boop, beep. The selected film from 1986 is 1986's Film Invaders from Mars from 1986, released in 1986. What the hell is Invaders from Mars? This is a movie that I remember as a kid, like being really freaked out by and, and actually forgetting like what movie it was for a long time. And it wasn't until the internet came back and I was able to like search for science fiction movie where aliens like steal kids pennies, you know, and then it was like- what? Yeah, it's like invaders from Mars, and they're basically like looking for copper, <laughs> um, and it and like it has this whole underground. I think the spaceship like flies under, or not flies underground, but like lands and then buries itself. And so there's this whole like underground labyrinth, and the kid goes into it. And I remember being really freaked out by it, but I haven't seen it since. Well, join us in two weeks when we find out what in the heck the invaders from mars are up to you can follow us on instagram at sci-fi escape pod we're on we got a facebook page what's that one nathan i don't know just the escape pod probably yeah you just search for it and we have an email sci-fi escape pod at gmail.com nailed it we'd like to thank golden boots for our theme song and you the listener for tuning into our transmission. Yeah, thanks for listening to our 10th episode. Happy anniversary. And new episodes are every other Wednesday. Please drop us a line. We will see you right back here in our escape pod next time. <laughs>